and welcome to the Ministry to Parents podcast. I am Chris Sasser. Most people in life, including my wife and kids, call me Sass. And I'm here with my friends, Carrie and Amy. And we are in, uh, if you're listening to this real time, we're in the month of February 2023. So we've all already stepped into the new year. Uh, we haven't done resolutions. We've picked a word, right? Everybody picked a word. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that yes. later. Um, in another episode, I mean, um, and, uh, but we've all picked a word. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to your January podcast, because that will tell you what you need to do instead of be sad about the resolutions that you already didn't do anyway. So, uh, welcome to February, uh, Carrie, Amy, uh, here's my question for you. February is always, you know, around, uh, kind of the, the, the big, big old red heart and, you know, lovey dovey and blah, 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 which we're going to talk about this episode because this month we're focusing on, you know, dating and how to help uh, families and leaders and parents have conversations around kind of dating and all that sort of stuff. Carrie Ray, um, most embarrassing dating moment for you is don't worry, Amy, you're going to have a different question. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going easy on you. Uh, Carrie, most embarrassing dating moment is? Do you want them alphabetically or in numerical order? I want, I want them, uh, the one that's appropriate to tell. Oh, on the ministry, hang on. Well, that, that ministry changes, to Parents podcast. That, that changes a lot of things. Um, golly, most embarrassing. Hmm. I think the most. Hmm, I burped in a girl's face one time. Oh, um, yeah, like purposely like, or no, no, it wasn't. It was just really bad. Dr. Pepper does things to your body, um, and you know this was like the date where you were, you know, trying to see if 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 she was gonna kiss you or not, and and yeah, it just went. Bruh. Okay. Um, How old were you? Oh, golly. Um, probably late high school. So old enough to old enough to know better and to care. Um, but, you know, you just had to kind of chuckle. Wow. And, and move on. But yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, it was a Dr. Pepper induced. Um, Amy's laughing at me. It was a Dr. <laughs> that's a moment. That, that's, that, that's a winner. That's it, a winner. Well, sure. yeah, there's, there's worse, but you did say appropriate. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, thank there you are, for there sharing. Are, there are others. Yes. That, thanks for just sharing that one. That's all we want. We're going to cut you <laughs> You're off. Welcome. Right You're welcome. He's cut off. Oh, He's done. My. He's done. Amy, um, most fun place to currently go on a date with your husband? That Ooh. is so unfair. I know. That's a great question. Well, I mean, I could tell stories about my husband doing things like burping on a date or something like that, but um, favorite place to go, I would say, well, other than staying on our couch and watching TV. <laughs> no, you have to physically move. You got to go okay, somewhere. Okay, I have to, we have to get in the car and go somewhere. Um, we like to go and try new restaurants. So it would probably be that we'd you know, go online and search out a place that's within, you know, an hour's driving distance and try a new restaurant together. Very so that's cool. one of our favorite things to do. Very can, cool. Can I just interject just for our listening audience? <laughs> Must you? Are, are you, if, have you in your life as a, as a youth pastor, children's pastor, parent, family pastor, have you, have you reached that stage in life? Like Amy said, where 
you think, what are we doing tonight? And you get really excited about nothing and staying yes. at home. Yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. There's, a, there's an age bar to where that, I don't know where that age bar is, <laughs> but I feel like there's an age limit to where all of a sudden you're like, what do you want to do? How about we just stay home? Uh-huh. Hey, uh-huh. that sounds like a plan. I can yeah, keep when these stretchy a, pants on and, and just rock out. So awesome. When there's a yeah. day on the calendar that has nothing written on it, it is a happy day in our house. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> going to echo that as well. I think sure. it kind of coincides with the time in your life where you make noises as you're both entering into the bed and then come crawling out. There's so we're really glad y'all are like, here oh. listening to this today. <laughs> uh, here's what we're going to talk about, like for real, so I can like, Put a stop to wherever Carrie's going. Um, so we're going to have a conversation around dating and really how do we as ministry leaders help both, uh, you know, other ministry leaders? How do we help parents? How do we have healthy conversations in the family just really about this? And obviously, you know, there's different ways to have the conversation with kids and, and, and parents who have younger kids than you would have it with teenagers and with parents who have teenagers. And so, um, Carrie, I know you've done a lot of kind of work on this as a youth pastor in the past and, and you know, um, taught dating series and have resources. And so I'm going to kind of throw it to you first to kind of talk through sort of the youth ministry part of this. And of course, Amy, you know, interject with youth ministry mm-hmm. stuff, any that you want to, and then we'll kind of go to the children's ministry side. But Carrie, what would you say to a, a youth ministry leader who's listening to this about how they should handle talking about dating in the ministry and how they should help parents have these conversations. To the youth pastor, I would say something very similar to the parent, have the conversation early Uh, to the youth pastor, have it with the parents early and often Um, there will be different parents are all different in how they, they raise their children, which they should be, especially their preteens and teenagers. Um, There is a certain age where this starts happening, but there is a, is a, you know, uh, what is that? A um, schism of ages, age ranges where people allow this to happen, um, to start taking place. It may be 10, it may be 14 or 15 or 17. Um, so don't assume that just because they are in fill in the blank grade, that they're all dating and have been dating and they all, the parents know all the ins and outs of that, um, approach it early and approach it often. Uh, the other thing I would say to the youth pastor was, uh, to encourage the parent to do the same, to engage that conversation early on about what are your expectations? What are you hoping to get out of dating? What do you, um, we're going to talk about in, in the, the uh, in our M2P resources this, this month, we're going to offer some things where parents can talk about this conversation with their teenager or their preteen. But part of it is, is saying, what are your if you could do anything, if you had no boundaries or no rules, what would dating look like to you? And let the teenager or the preteen say it. Let them dream. And even if it's stupid, don't laugh at them. Let them say the things out loud that they think and talk about those things. Um, let them work through it. Work through it with them. Um, my own child, I have an eight-year-old and a now 14-year-old uh, who grew up really fast and with her even, I don't want there to be things that she feels are unapproachable with me as her parent. I want her to be able to feel like she can bring up things and, and I may think it's silly, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to show silly on the inside, not silly on the outside. Um, I'm not going to laugh at it. I'm going to listen and treat it as legitimate. 
and, and, and engage. Use that as an opportunity to leverage and engage her in a conversation. Okay, you don't think there should be any curfew when it comes to your dating. Let's talk about why we have one. What does that look like? Um, what would happen if we didn't have one? Um, I, I just want to walk that through with her. And so I would encourage youth pastors to gather resources for the parents to be able to do these things because they're, it's, it's not easy and it's not natural. And here's the, here's the big part, whether we're a youth pastor or whether we're a parent or both, um, we made mistakes in dating. And so a lot of, there's a lot of shame there for people. There is a lot of, well, I can't tell them what I did because if, what, if I tell them what I did, then that just, you know, legitimatizes it for them. And they're going to turn around and say, well, you did it. Um, but there's, there's a lot of shame with that. There's a lot of things that keep us as parents and youth pastors from engaging in, in these conversations. And you got to throw that away. Um, you got to remember that um, the same Jesus who died on the cross for your sin died on the cross for your sin of the mistakes you made in your dating life. Um, whether you've repented of those yet or not, he still died for those. He's forgiven those. Um, if you need to go to him and have those conversations, uh, revisit even those things and say, Lord, I, before I have this conversation I, with my child, I just want you to hear again. Uh, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for seeing me through this. Thank you for those things. Thank you for forgiving me um, because he, is, he has died for those things. So we are forgiven of those mistakes. We cannot let that fear of what we have done and the mistakes we made bleed into how we approach dating with our own kids. So do it often, youth pastor have conversations early, youth pastor, have them early with parents and encourage and equip and push and challenge parents to have them early. I would say enter in conversations with your children's people and, and say, hey, when can, is there a place where I can come in even before they get into youth, into youth ministry and say, hey, parents, I'm the youth pastor. Here's what's coming up in the next year or two that you're going to experience and talk about dating talk about, hey, do you have an approach to this mom and dad or mom or dad or parent or guardian or whoever it is? Have you thought this through? You need to think about it. Carrie, a couple of things that you said that kind of brought some things to mind for me. Number one is as a parent having this conversation with a teenager, um, yes, everybody makes mistakes. And, you know, quite often, you know, there's a lot of shame and guilt kind of in and around, you know, this thought process for parents. But, but I, I want parents to hear your kids are not doomed to your same mindset and mistakes. Right. I mean, like if, if you kind of went way down some roads, maybe you wish you wouldn't have gone down in this area of life. That doesn't mean you can't have good and quality conversations with your kids and and help them go in a different direction. And so I, I think I've heard some parents just sort of give up on the conversation because they 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 feel like they don't have the credibility to push their kid in a different direction. But you do like because you've changed as a human and in your faith and your journey of life. And then the other thing is just to, to have the conversation, especially with your teenagers around like the, and you said this, Gary, but, but it's the expectations around dating. Like I remember with our son, um, we just sort of told him, look, Hey, when you're ready to start dating someone before you go there, you have to talk to us about it. Just, we're just going to have a conversation. And, and we had tried to set up a, a culture of conversations all along the way, like you said, um, but, but thankfully we had a good enough relationship with him that when he was ready to sort of try to date someone, like we had a conversation about it and we actually talked him out of it. Like we actually helped him see 
we're not sure this particular person is the best for you. And here's why. And here's some complications with that. And here's something else you ought to think about. And he came back like a day or two later. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to ask her out. Not going to do it. And that was just so helpful. Now, you know, he did end up dating someone else later on, but just being able to a have a lot of conversations in life early to set up a, a more comfortable conversation about that later was just so helpful. Can I say this, uh, and to, then, you, can I say this to you real quick? Yeah. When you because you, you brought up your son, um, having being the dad of a of a daughter and a son, and being in student ministry for umpteen decades and watching parents have these conversations, um, can we just can we just bust that or pop that bubble, burst that myth that I've got to protect my daughter, but my son, I'll just let him figure it out. Oh, please. Yes. Because that is, that's what so many people do is they feel like, well, the daughter, I've got to, you know, defend her, you know, her integrity and her purity. Uh, But the boy, yeah, you know, he's just a boy. He'll, he'll figure it out. He'll scrape his knees along the way and he'll, he'll figure it out. And that's, that's just, you're setting your son up for disaster mm-hmm. and, and shame and failure. Um, you're not setting him up at all. You're, you're, you're setting him on a path of, of potentially um, having to work through quite a bit later on in life um, because I guess you didn't see him as fragile enough yeah. as you see your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I just want to encourage and youth pastors, children's pastors um, have that conversation with the parents as well. Totally remind them that I'm not just talking to your daughters. Those mm-hmm. of you who are raising daughters, I'm talking to those of you with sons as well. Have these conversations, help them make uh, wise and God honoring choices with their dating life. Totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, so before we go to talking about how we want to engage children's ministry and children's parents on this, Amy, you, you've raised teenagers. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you talk about it kind of maybe, you know, anything comes to mind for you as either a parent or kind of seeing how the church has dealt with helping Mm -hmm. uh, families talk about, you know, this, this topic with teenagers, any, anything you'd add? Well, I would say that we as parents didn't have that aspect from the church. They started talking about dating when the kids were in youth group, um, you know, high school. And by then the girls had already been interested in boys and wanting to date. Um, And I would say that as I, my husband and I, there are a lot of things that we wish we would have done differently. And, um, you know, just having conversations with the girls when they were younger, before we got into it, because we found ourselves in the midst of, Hey, I want to date and we weren't ready for it. (laughs) And so we felt, you know, a bit unprepared. We had to get on the same page very quickly and come up with, okay, what are our rules going to be? So that was, that's one thing that I wish that we would have been better prepared for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So one more question for both of you, and this is kind of maybe lobbing a little bit of a grenade in here, but this is always fun. So uh, Carrie, when you and I were kind of growing up kind of young in youth ministry, it was the purity movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was just this sort of push, push, push for us to talk to teenagers about being pure. And then there was a shift that was made, I don't even know, 10 years ago or so, to where instead of kind of really pushing teenagers to embrace purity, to talk about sexual integrity instead, because, you know, everybody's going to, most of them are going to make mistakes. And if they're sitting in your youth group and all you're talking about is purity and they made a mistake two years ago, they just check out because they feel like they can't engage in the conversation and they've already lost, if you will. So, so how how do both of y'all feel 
about sort of that distinction between talking to teenagers about purity versus talking about sexual integrity? Um, I grew up in the youth group when we talked, we did, we focused so much on purity and we didn't focus on like relationship and setting boundaries and, you know, in all kinds of ways, not just sexually. Um, so I, you know, and it, a lot of it was aimed toward girls, you know, and the way that we dress and the way that we act, that it was up to us to set the boundary and to say no. Um, I like the idea of sexual integrity a whole lot better because that's an equal thing between the girls and the guys that we have a responsibility to, you know, make our, make our boundaries known, um, to talk about places that we weren't going to find ourselves alone. And, um, you know, just to have, have conversations between a significant other and, and us that, um, that were shared and not, not shame-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think golly, as someone <laughs> who grew up in the purity movement, as you said, Sass, as well as, you know, many of us parroted it as, as we got older, it's what we'd heard, what we've been taught. Um, and I don't, I don't shame any of us for that. Um, but at the same time, you can't help but open Twitter or a newspaper or a digital, you know, article and read about some of the repercussions of that through the years. Now that we have seen enough of it to, you know, have those people grow, have all those of us who lived it and grew up in that grow up, um, and one have, you know, some life underneath us, but also have having kids of our own. And, and, um, I don't know. I, I think it did some damage. Uh, I think, do I think all the purity piece was wrong and bad? No. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I think the intentionality of it was true and still holds true that, you know, our, our, our purity and our integrity sexually does matter to the Lord. Um, he speaks of it numerous times in scripture. Um, but I, I think the integrity piece is an easier handle, if you will, for a teenager or a preteen to grab a hold of and understand the concept only because to your point words i I know we live in a culture where words don't have meanings or the meanings of words change in the drop of a hat but words have meaning um and words bring up if nothing else visual images or um emotional images and i think the word purity means a hundred percent pure, clean. Um, there's, you know, if we, if, and if we're trying to do that and we make a mistake, gosh, the spectrum of mistakes you can make, mm-hmm. uh, but one mistake and, and, you know, one mistake, it means impurity. And yeah. so you mm-hmm. just, you know, do you just punt at that point and go and, and so many working with teenagers for as long as we have, so, so many of them have, they punted and said, I, I, this is unachievable. Uh, yep. This is something I've mm-hmm. already screwed up and I just got started. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think the sexual integrity is, is a way of putting handles on this thing to where a teenager or a preteen can say and can understand the, Hey, what has been broken can be put back together again. It, mm-hmm. it helps them even understand 
the restoration that, that Christ brings and the grand narrative of scripture uh, that Christ is the restorer. He is the, he is the, the, the fixer of the broken, you know, who puts mm-hmm. the pieces, the redeemer who puts the pieces back together again. Um, and I think, I think it helps tell that, that story better uh, or more appropriately or more grasp, more ability for them to grasp it. So yeah, I, I probably am a fan long, long, long way to say I'm a much bigger fan of, uh, hey, we are pursuing and, and racing after becoming more like Christ. And, and in doing so, that integrity, whether it's character, whether it is sexual, whether it is spiritual, um, the integrity matters. Uh, it can be messed up, but it can be restored. That is the whole point of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ is that what was once broken can be restored to whole once again. Yeah, and the 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 shifting of language brings forgiveness into play, and you just said it beautifully. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, well, we're going to take a, a quick break, uh, and when we come back on the other side, we're going to shift to talking about well, how do we have this conversation in children's ministry with uh, with younger kids and with parents of younger kids. So, you're listening to the Ministry to Parents podcast. Hi, I'm Jonathan. I'm a youth minister. Hello, I'm Reverend Jeremiah, and I serve as pastor to the young people. Hey, Jeremiah. It's nice to meet you. Please call me Reverend Jeremiah or Jeremiah the Reverend. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Rev. Tell me a little bit about your ministry. Well, we gather twice weekly in order that we might study from the Word of God. It's awesome. What tools and resources do you use? Uh, the Bible. Yeah, of course. Do you use anything else? Um, what else would we need? Well, I know my ministry uses a ton of resources by YM360. It's super helpful and their team is really supportive. Oh, well, I'm happy for you, but I'm pretty good on doing everything on my own. Sounds kind of lonely. For me, I love having a place that I can go for resources that I can trust with people who are always in my corner. Huh, interesting. Welcome back to the Ministry to Parents podcast. Chris Sasser, uh, Carrie Ray, Amy Diller. Uh, having a conversation in and around, you know, dating and all of the things that go along with that, because it is such a prevalent part of our culture. You can't uh, watch the Super Bowl and not <laughs> get directed <laughs> in that direction with your with your mind. And our kids and teenagers are watching that stuff and are are thinking about it. And so we have to be having these conversations in church. So, Amy, uh, talk to us for just a moment. Uh, about uh, kind of h- how would you suggest uh, people who lead children's ministries have these conversations in the ministries? And then we'll talk about how they can lead parents. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that I would say is to think about it as a children's minister. Um, it seems like a topic that's left toward the student ministry side of things because those students are in it. And why do we have to talk about this with children when there's no way a seven-year-old is going to be dating anytime soon? Um, but really, when you look look at it, it's when you look at someone to date, when you look at someone down the road to marry, if that's what you choose, um, you're really looking at character. And talking about character with kids is an obvious thing that we do all the time. Um, so everybody, no matter what age they are, they have relationships and kids have relationships with parents and siblings, um, with their friends, with their teachers. And, you know, talking about how 
you act toward other people, how you become more like Jesus, um, how other people treat you and whether that person would be a good friend or not. Those are all things that are appropriate conversations to have with kids. And they lend a foundation to something that's going to be happening down the road. And so it makes it easier to have those conversations continually so that your kids are used to them when you when you start talking about dating and introducing that topic. Um, but you also talk about boundaries too with kids and you talk about things that are not okay and saying that it is okay to say no, that it is okay to go to mom and dad, that, um, you know, we have boundaries that people aren't going to bully us and people aren't going to treat us poorly. And that doesn't mean that we have to continue to be friends with someone who doesn't have the character qualities that we look for in a good friend. Um, so really, it seems like a natural thing at that point to really be focusing on relationships and how we act in them and having respect and honor and um, being honest and kind and showing Christ's love to other people. So if you look at it that way, it doesn't seem so strange for children's ministers to start talking about dating in a very basic, basic level. Um, but you also have to remember that the parents that you're ministering to and the kids, you're, you always need to be forward thinking. It's not just the here and now, which it is at times. It's we're looking at where the kids are at, but it's also where are we headed down the road? How can we as children's ministers partner with youth ministers to say, hey, what are some things that we can do um, in our own area to just funnel into what you're going to be picking up when they're at that age? Um, and what are some things we can do together? Like, I can't remember, Carrie or Sass, if you said it, um, but having the youth minister come in and talk to children's parents and saying, hey, these are topics that we're going to get into. Let's start having a conversation now instead of waiting until later and kind of, you know, playing catch up or like my husband and I did like, okay, we're in the thick of things and we've got to, we've got to have a game plan now. Um, but when it comes to like the things that you talk to parents about, parents need to be aware that, hey, this is going to be a topic and this is a big one. This is a really big one when our kids get to be teenagers, when they get to be the age that um, they are allowed to date and they want to, um, that we need to be prepared. What, what are we going to say about curfews? What are we going to say about the character of the young man or the young woman that they're that they're thinking about dating. Um, it's far easier to do that than it is to like, it's easier for us to, when we're in the dating phase to say, okay, well, they'll figure it out and we'll kind of be here as the backup. And that's not a role. That's not a role as parents. We're supposed to be right there on the front lines. We're the coach, we're the, um, we're the protectors of boys and girls. So I think as a children's director, there are a few things that you can do practically. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about was to have a parent forum where you have, um, you have parents who are where you are 
with your kids, younger kids, you have parents who are in the middle of the dating years, the teen years, and you also have parents who have been there and done that. And to be able to talk about, okay, what are some ways that we can have these conversations with our younger children? Um, What are you doing in your home to facilitate this? And then with teenagers, teenage parents, you know, all right, you're in the middle of it. Um, what what are you doing? What are some rules that you're setting? What's the contract with your parents, with your teen have to do? Um, but then for the parents who have been there and done that, things that they wish they would have done, things that they, and also things that they did really well that, that worked with their kids. And I think that would be a great way to build some um, commonality between all three groups of parents. Um, But I think, you know, the most important thing for children's ministers is that um, you bring the topic up because I guarantee you, most of the parents in your ministry of the kids that you have, have not thought about it at all. They're probably scared to think about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, because you can't imagine looking at your yeah. eight-year-old and right. thinking of them dating someday. It's it's frightening. <laughs> yeah. Amy, Amy, on the other side, having sat on the other side, <clears throat> even before I had kids, I've always I was always fascinated, or maybe frustrated is the right word, in parents of third, fourth, fifth, especially sixth graders, um, but even the third and fourth and fifth graders, um, you know, saying, you know, they haven't reached, we don't talk about that yet. We, we, they don't know mm-hmm. anything about that yet. And, you know, even, yeah, they do 20 years, <laughs> exactly. but even 20 years ago, I mean, the mentality it's, we talk about this. I talk about this with parents often about um, cell phones and, and other, other things that we're working with the teenage stage of life, but uh, of going, you know, there's no certain age where, you just go, well, you're 16, time to give you the keys and hope for the bell. I didn't teach you how to drive. I didn't teach you what lanes are, what forward and revert. I just hand you the keys because it's that time I'm supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and some parents, that's our approach is, well, when you hit a certain age, then you can date. Mm-hmm. Well, where was the conversation leading up to this? Mm-hmm. Where were the rules and the boundaries and the, and the, and the, Hey, let's talk about these things. Let's show you what, you know, the ways of the road and what to do and what not to do. Um, you know, and to think that a, to think that a, a child, I have an eight-year-old, um, he has an older sister who is dating or not dating, but she talks about it wanting to, and he hears all of it. Mm-hmm. He hears everything she says. He hears her talking to her friends on the phone about certain things about who she, what boy she thinks is cute. Um, you know, we as parents would be foolish fools mm-hmm. to think that our first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders aren't hearing it and seeing it. Right. And I think the question I always was curious is somebody's teaching your child about these things Mm -hmm. is, do you want it to be Disney? Is that who you want teaching that it looks a certain way? And it, you know, Mm -hmm. there's birds that land on your shoulder when that certain boy walked in the room that that's the (laughs) way it's supposed to be. Is it social media? Mm -hmm. Because we're fools to think that, you know, our third, three and third and fourth graders don't know what social media is. And aren't mm-hmm. paying attention to all the things that they're seeing there. Is it, is it music? Do, do you want, do you want, you know, Cardi B and Doja Cat and Harry Styles to teach mm-hmm. the foundation of dating to your third grader or you uh, somebody's teaching, I guess my point being, no matter how old your child is, teenagers or below, 
somebody is laying mm-hmm. that strategy out or that, that philosophy of how do I treat somebody? What are my expectations? What should be my expectations? It could be Disney. It could be social media. It could be music. It could be TV. It could be all kinds of things, or it could be you. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care how they are. We've got to, they're a sponge. They are soaking it all up. Right. And for us to pretend like they live in a bubble and don't hear it or see it and, and, or aren't exposed, we, we can't homeschool them out of that. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't bubble wrap them out of that. We, we can't private school them out of that. It's we can't Christian school them out of that. <laughs> it is happening all around them. 24 hours a day and they're they're hearing it and they at these early ages are sponges they are soaking it up so mm-hmm. uh, my question to parents are no matter what age child what are you doing to mm-hmm. redeem that and to give them at least a different opinion than harry styles or mm-hmm. <laughs> the scissor says that this or lizzo says that this should be uh at least give them a, an alternative opinion of what that mm-hmm. looks like well, yeah. and we, we do expose our kids to, um, to things that are feeding into the idea of dating. And like you mentioned, Disney, there are a lot of shows on Disney that have, you know, younger kids on them and, and they're dating and they're talking about it. And so the idea is being planted younger. And in my experience working with kids, I used to, I, this is years ago now, I used to have the you know, springtime would come around, third graders are writing love notes to each other. You know, do you want to be my boyfriend? Do you want to be a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's young. That's, mm-hmm. and that was, that was really before social media had an effect on kids. And, you know, it's, it's. Yeah. We've just turned the volume up and yes. And the, in the speed at which it approaches them. I'm the same mm-hmm. way I, I was sitting at a, my, my son's eight. So the third, third grade basketball game, if you can call it that, it was a lot of running back and forth. Um, but, you know, in here, they had little cheerleaders, third grade cheerleaders. And I was listening to parents of these third grade cheerleaders going, isn't he cute? Now that's the kind of boy. And just, mm-hmm. uh, just shaking my head saying, stop, please don't, yeah. please yeah. don't, please, please stop, don't. please stop planting that seed to her that she is somehow missing something because she Mm -hmm. doesn't have a boyfriend in third grade um what are we Mm -hmm. doing to these these children so it's uh, to your point amy it is you know on the on the student ministry side you know yes obviously we're having and should be having these conversations because quote unquote they're in the midst of that but let's be real they're in the midst of it a lot Mm -hmm. younger Mm -hmm. or at least they're soaking it up and hearing about it and have have some sort of formation of what that expectation or what they should do or should be, or should be looking for. And if you listen, open your ears, moms and dads, open your ears, student pastors and, and children's pastors, listen to the radio, watch, Mm -hmm. get on TikTok, look at it, see what they're putting out there as an expectation of this is how it's supposed to be. And those are conversations that you can have with parents of, you know, younger children of the problematic issues that are raised when you let your child just, you know, watch TikTok videos, you have social media, 
being able to see in television and movies, you know, what kinds of things are you letting have an influence in your child's life? And really, how can you be the first and the foremost voice in your child's life? Amen. That's right. Yeah. And here's the part of this I want to kind of close with. And, and I don't think we should talk about this at length, but we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention the same sex kind of part of this that has trickled down to lower and, and younger and younger ages. And, you know, what I know is that, you know, people listening to, to this podcast would land all over the place in sort of kind of how you feel about that, how your church addresses that. And we, we're not here to kind of make a stance on any of that. The only thing that I would say is um, when those conversations arise, certainly with teenagers um, and, and even younger kids, and when parents begin to have to deal with their kids saying, well, I don't, I don't like a girl, I like a boy or vice versa. You know, what I would encourage you to do is through that process, however, kind of your church lands on what you believe about it, love, encourage, and support the kid, love, encourage, and support the parents. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes there's just confusion on both levels of that. The kid can be confused and not kind of know how to interact with the world or the church or their parents or their friends or their peers, whatever. Parents can be confused because, you know, they, they may wonder, well, you know, how did my child get here or what do I do now? Or how do I live in the church world? Depending on your context with this, there's just layer after layer after layer mm -hmm. and love, encourage and support the kid, love, encourage and support the parents. That's kind of what I would say on that. And we could, we could have about three podcasts on that if we <laughs> wanted to, right? When I, when I was a, a young parent with my daughter, one thing I had to learn was to answer the question she's asking and not answer the question she's not asking. Yes, that's right. Um, and so there again, people are going to fall all over the place with where they think and feel. But if your child is asking a theological question, answer the theological question. If they're asking a dating question, answer the dating question. Um, you don't have to, you know, un unravel all the things theologically you think about this or that or where your church stands on this or that, you can answer it as a dating question. Yeah. Um, so answer, right. as a dating, answer these things as a dating question because let them ask the other question another time or engage that other question mm -hmm. in a different place. Um, but don't feel the need to answer a question that they're not asking. Yeah, because oftentimes when we answer questions that they're not asking, we plant seeds that don't need to be planted right. in a lot of different ways, not just in this realm of conversation, but all over the place. Yeah, well, it's having those having those conversations that are age appropriate and just answering that and not getting into a long lecture because they're either going to get ideas or they're going to tune you out and we yeah. don't want them tuning out to our voices. That's so true. Yeah. Well, hopefully today was a helpful conversation for you. Again, all of our resources in the month of February are helping you as a ministry leader um, be able to have good and healthy conversations around dating because it is a part of our world and a part of our life. And certainly if we have any interaction with children, teenagers, or parents, it's right in the middle of what everybody is doing and thinking about. So again, don't forget to kind of look for all the resources that we have for you this month. We've got some great videos that you can watch both as a ministry leader and uh, videos that you can pass on to your parents and some blog posts and um, a toolbox item, just so many different things that we want to help you continue to equip and encourage the parents in your church. And so, um, Carrie, Amy, anything to sign off on this week? Happy Valentine's Day. That's right. 
Carrie, no burping in your wife's face at Valentine's, no, all right? Don't no. do that. My lesson, my takeaway would be don't drink a Dr. Pepper if you're going in for a first kiss. <laughs> pretty simple. Pretty cut and dry. Pretty oh, easy. Man. Hey, well, I'm next here, month. I'm here for, the, here for the practical common sense questions right here. Next month is March Madness. Uh, you have to come back and see what that means. Uh, we're excited about that. And we will be talking to Carrie and Amy about their one word. Again, they're going to tell us what their word is. So thanks for listening to the Ministry to Parents podcast. <laughs>